The seventh chapter of John ends, and the eighth chapter begins, with the dispersal of the crowds from the Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus, however, chooses to visit the Mount of Olives, the site where he would be betrayed and arrested in six months. He may have prayed in the same garden where he, accompanied by his disciples, would pray fervently for relief from the torment to come. This time he is alone, praying for his Father's guidance in his teaching. In John 8, 2, early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. So far, we are witness to a typical day for Jesus of Nazareth. Seclusion and prayer, followed by teaching in the temple or synagogue when away from Jerusalem. In the passage, we also find ourselves in one of the most controversial passages in the New Testament, Pericope Adultere. The controversy will make itself known as we continue in the narrative. In John 8, verses 3 through 4. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, and having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. The crime of which the woman is accused is adultery, a crime punishable by death, by stoning. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. First, this crime involves two perpetrators, the man and the woman. The accusers here present only the woman. Already, we see a flawed indictment, which may point to the true motive of the accusers. Also, the severity of this crime in Jewish jurisprudence calls for the case to be presented to the high priest. Only he is authorized to rule on a case where death may be the punishment. Inadvertently, the accusers are recognizing one of the roles Jesus assumes as Messiah. He is our high priest. In John 8, 5. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say? The law is spelled out most clearly in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. In Leviticus 20:10, If there is a man who commits adultery with another man's wife, one who commits adultery with his friend's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Then, in Deuteronomy 22.22, 22, If a man is found lying with a married woman, then both of them shall die, the man who lay with the woman and the woman. Thus you shall purge the evil from Israel. The law of Moses is straightforward. But the man appears to be the focus, not the woman.
John, continuing his narrative, clarifies the accuser's motive in the first half of John 8, verse 6. They were saying this, testing him, so that they might have grounds for accusing him. So, it appears the actual purpose of the meeting is to accuse Jesus, not the alleged adulteress. And what is the crime of which Jesus is accused? Jesus has made it known. He is Messiah. So, in the face of the evidence supporting Jesus' assertion, how do the accusers intend to prove Jesus is not Messiah? By having Jesus make a ruling on an improperly indicted case in an unauthorized forum. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. With this simple seemingly innocuous gesture, Jesus is making three extraordinary statements. First, Jesus is demonstrating how he has come down from heaven, stooping to live as a man, enduring all that any of us must endure, save temptation leading to sin. Second, Jesus is recording the crime and the accused according to Jewish tradition. Finally, and most significantly, while acknowledging Moses' law, he is declaring an end to the Old Covenant. In John 8, 7, But when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Here, Jesus encapsulates the gospel. There is none who is without sin, save one. In order for justice to prevail, he must be lifted up. In John 8.8, 8, again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Again, Jesus demonstrates the object of the encounter. To complete the crime of his false arrest, false accusation, improper conviction, and illegal punishment, Jesus must die and be buried in the earth. The names and the crime that is actually on trial here, the scribes and the Pharisees themselves, along with their improper and illegal accusation, are written in the dust. The writing will disappear in the wind and traffic of the area. Finally, and most importantly, Jesus is declaring the dawn of the new covenant. In John 8, 9, when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones, and he was left alone, and the woman where she was, in the center of the court. The accusers heard the truth, and apparently understood it. 
the confrontation was over. The elders departed first, followed one by one by the younger. Unfortunately, there was no repentance as they all left Jesus, choosing to retreat in sin rather than turn to the one who can forgive him. The only one who remained was the accused woman, standing with the vindicated. In John 8, verses 10 through 11, straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go. From now on, sin no more. Jesus completes the prophecy by rising from the earth, illustrating his first future resurrection. He looks for anyone who will follow him and finds only the woman. Then, in perfect justice, found only in the Savior, he announces mercy delivered in grace. Jesus' final admonition is the same he gives all who will follow him. Go and sin no more. For now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Yeah.